0: So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to a post-game edition of the It's Cavalier podcast. As always, it's your boy Mac. Joining me today is my friend and co-host Corey Walsh of Fear the Sword. Corey, first off, I just want to say, fuck the Raptors, fuck the Raptors, fuck the, <laughs> the rats, fuck them all. Uh, just joking, but seriously, they pulled. No, a pretty Gary nice, Trent Jr. can burn. They they pulled a pretty nice hit job on Darius Garland today, as they they could see how this game was going. I mean, uh, Gary Trent Jr. poked. Darius Garland in the eye just flagrantly and how, how is this not called like seriously how is this not called it ended up kicking DG out of the game after that first off man I just want to hear your thoughts on that
1: Um, I didn't know we were allowing NBA players to take hits on players I
0: mean I don't, know- they don't allow this shit in the UFC they don't you can't do this in wrestling eye gouging is illegal like come on
1: I mean Gary Trent Jr. Great guy, I bet, but as far as I'm concerned, I don't like you anymore. And frankly, (laughs) I would not be upset if you mysteriously disappeared from the Raptors organization within (laughs) the next few days. An Uh, eye for an eye, literally. I I hope whoever the Raptors play next decides to take a nice gouging like a cold stone worker scooping out (laughs) ice cream on Gary Trent
0: Jr.'s eye. That's fucked up. Oh man, that that completely just threw things off the rails for the Cavs down to the rotations and everything. You had to think like I do not think the Cavs went into this game thinking that they were going to have to dig into their uh towards the back end of the rotation and play a guy like uh Hal Neto, um, you know, actual live game minutes. I just do not see that happening. Uh, I did not see that happening. I'm sure they didn't either. And this in turn, you know, caused Jetty Osman to to suit up for 27 plus minutes. And Jetty was Jetty was his usual frustrating self because this man, like 17 points, and he he completed 6-12 from the field. But the thing that pisses me off the most about Jetty Osman is that this man makes some circus shots, but misses some easy ones. Like it, it's the Jetty Osman experience. It's frustrating. Um, I did not have Jetty in my initial rotation. I can't remember if you did either, I don't uh, think so. but obviously, you know, he's, he's proven us both wrong and he's very capable of that. So, you know, congrats to him. I do see him playing a big role this season, but I just want to take a step, uh, you know, take a step back here and, and, and really analyze what we saw today. And that was meant Darius Garland before he got taken out just four points. Two of eight from the field and five turnovers, so I just want to hear your thoughts would like walk me through what you're thinking when you're when you're watching the initial quarter and whatnot and how you're thinking this team actually looks out of the gate
1: uh, I think it looked a lot like an opening night for sure, especially a team that hasn't played since last Friday overall well Darius in general hasn't played since then, and uh, Darius looked uh, hectic, erratic, basically every Adjective that didn't describe Darius Garland last year, but that makes sense because, you know, it's open at night. You're feeling the jitters. You're feeling good. You're playing against the Raptors who are deciding to play like linebackers in NFL blitz. So you're getting a little juiced up. And um, I thought Darius didn't look the best, but obviously he showed flashes of what we've seen from past season, but I think it was all very easily explainable. I would not <laughs> take a step i would not take any point part of this game and use it to analyze darius garland's outlook for the rest of the season
0: absolutely not no
1: no i i was more interested to see how the starting five would kind of work out and we didn't really get too long of that so i couldn't even tell you what my thoughts are on that in general
0: (laughs) so i think that's fair i mean you know just Heading back prior to the game, you know, I think a lot of people really thought Isaac Okoro had a real shot at starting. Obviously, that did not come to fruition. Uh, Karis Levert earned the start after averaging eleven point seven points per game, three assists, and one point three steals, and only twenty one point eight minutes per game in the preseason. So. You know, for all the, you know, the praise that we heaped on Isaac Okoro throughout the preseason, Karis Levert was pretty damn good as well. And both of them made their case and Karis ended up getting the starting job on uh in on opening night. So, you know, props to him for that. I don't think I don't think Karis, contrary to popular belief, as some people might think, I think Karis had a pretty decent first game. Um, you know, he moved the ball well. Um, he was able to have the offense flowing. He did have a couple of mistakes towards the end, or in regards to decision making. But overall, pretty pretty decent stat line here too: ten points, five rebounds, seven assists. Shooting could have been better: two of seven from the field, but he did he, uh, hit two or two from uh, from range, and he only turned the ball over once. So we we have to look at some of the positives in that. The one thing that I did not like, Corey, is that. We only saw Isaac Okoro for 12 minutes. Yeah, we what really only saw him
1: for the first half, if I'm being What up honest? with that?
0: You think that's game flow? You think that's like after DG goes down, they're kind of replacing uh, Isaac's defensive impact with instant offense from Jetty? Yeah, 100%.
1: That's where I kind of saw those minutes going. I mean, the Jetty minutes really took a spike, I feel like, once, a cor- once uh, Garland went out because the offensive scoring – Especially from our guards, it's really just a Coro and Levert, and uh, if Levert's playing more of a facilitator role like we were seeing, I mean, I don't think Karis Levert's going to have a lot of games this year with seven assists, so I feel like everyone's roles had to get tweaked somewhat. Donovan had to become the scorer, Karis became more of the facilitator, not that Donovan didn't facilitate at all, Donovan was really good tonight too at facilitation, but uh, yeah, Isaac Okoro was just the person who had to pay the price for Darius's injury because he it, the way Isaac plays didn't really fit with what without an elite scorer like Darius Garland on the floor or someone who can help space it for everyone else, there weren't any many people that were going to generate Okoro good looks, and. I know we always see these Okoro fluff pieces in the off season of how he's like tweaked his game and he's able to do things on his own now. It still looked like to me that he needs like the uh, his plate made for him
0: before he can do anything else. Absolutely. I don't think that was going to change regardless. I think Isaac might always be that guy who benefits from having another creator or multiple creators around him, uh, whether that be to find him in open spots around the corner uh, as a cutter, you know, and transition, things of that nature. So I do not think that was going to change. And to be honest with you, man, I, I don't know if Isaac is ever going to be that guy who can self-create, but he doesn't necessarily need to as long as he can have a consistent three point shot and he's moving around tonight obviously that was not the case because jb appeared to make the decision to go like we said with instant offense but i just do not believe that that is going to be the outcome on most nights um i do think that they're going to have to find another guy out here that can that can be another option um you know obviously evan mobley is is coming off that uh, that injury and you only got you know the minimal time in preseason so his impact offensively tonight wasn't outstanding, just 14 points. And when you say just 14 points, it's like, eh, that's not terrible. But when you consider the fact that DG left the game, um, you know, that's that's one of the guys that you would think that that would need to step up. And that's that's kind of what I want to see out of him. He actually had the worst plus minus on the team tonight at negative uh, 14. Uh, so that we, we needed to see more out of him tonight, but you know, all in all, a solid performance from a lot of these guys. I think really the, the big thing that a lot of people are really getting pissed about is the freaking foul calls, the refs. Corey, man, w- what happened tonight with this officiating?
1: I don't know. I feel like every season we start the NBA, it seems like the refs are really ri- rigid. With their whistles, it feels like they're using. Think them think they're more trying to make a point? Not. No, they only use the point on us, apparently, because <laughs> you know, God forbid, the Raptors get foul calls. But you know, if we so breathed on Pascal Siakam, he was strolling his way to the free throw line. I mean, for God's sakes, we got basically tackled at every other turn, and then I—the amount of times that I need—I did not need to hear. Austin Cargo, like, oh, you know, they know this is how they play, so they don't give whistles. I'm like, that's the biggest load of shit of all time. It's game one. (laughs) It's game one of the season, man. You got to call some of these things.
0: Yeah, I get a home court advantage, whatever you want to call it, but that was just a piss poor job of officiating. Like, if you're going to officiate on one side one way, you one would think you would have that accountability to do it on the other end for the other team. I, I mean, I get it. It's one game. It's not the end of the season. This is definitely one I was really hoping to uh, take home just just, just to get a good taste, you know, in our, in our mouths here. You know, uh, a game one victory, and it definitely hurt to see them take the loss and to see them lose DG in the process. So um, I haven't checked to see what that actually looks like, um, how long he might be out or if it's just the game, but... One would think that, you know, if it happens to be multiple games, that is kind of a big loss, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, it definitely doesn't help seeing how the team is going to gel over the next few weeks. That kind of delays it. But I don't think like if this happened last year, the Cavs would be dead in the water. Oh, absolutely. But with Donovan Mitchell, as we saw, like it's still the Cavs can still be a pretty competitive team overall. And we're still trying to figure things out, even without the Darius Donovan dynamic it's kind of like seeing who's going to be in the rotation this year every year is different I mean there's some players last year that didn't get minutes this year I mean we didn't see Lamar
0: at all nope didn't see Lamar but she didn't really
1: fit into the play of the game so I wasn't expecting him to I mean if we needed if we had like a bigger lead I feel like then we'd bring him on just to allow some more clamps to be on the court at the same time but Overall, I feel like the game just got thrown in a completely different direction, so I can't sit here and be like, oh, well, from what I watched today, I think X, Y, and Z will work for the entire season because not having Darius Garland is impossible to use for any forecasting for this Cavaliers team. He is literally (laughs) the straw that stirs the drink for this team. He
0: is the Cavaliers.
1: (laughs) I mean... I, I. can we talk about how Donovan Mitchell actually looked very he looked it just felt like he definitely went shifted back to his Utah mindset? I feel like he it just turned back into he probably just felt like he was running the Utah playbook, honestly. I mean he looked over at Jetty saw his favorite Joe Ingalls.
0: <laughs> That's a good point.
1: Jared Allen, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> you know, he's just having the time of his life right now, minus him and Rudy not liking each other for the cocoa.
0: I mean, he definitely did his thing. 31 points, 9 assists, 12 of 21 from the field, 2 of 8 from range. I was a little surprised at that, but I mean, I can't I, I can't be too upset. I mean, over 50% from the field. So, pretty ecstatic about that. Um, the one thing that we know about Donovan is that he can score and he can score in bunches and he is very capable of conducting an offense, but we all know nowadays it takes more than one of those guys to win and win consistently in the NBA. And obviously that's the kind of the thought there with DG and um, in spite of kind of playing off of each other, but didn't have DG. So what do you do? You continue to put the ball in Donovan's hands and he almost got the Cavs there, man.
1: Donovan, honestly, put the team on his back i felt like for that entire second half it kind of felt like it felt like the donovan mitchell show especially with like all the splitting defender moves that made me just absolutely stiff <laughs> it mean, was he, the best. He,
0: he was he was really splitting a lot of those double teams at one point he had three men draped all over him and somehow he still managed to wiggle his way through for a layup i <laughs> it was beautiful um, Don't forget
1: about that silky pass to Dean Wade. Oh, oh, oh
0: to the corner. Yeah, he can yeah. do that. He is capable of kicking the ball out, driving kick game. Uh definitely something that that people had been clamoring for more of DG to do. Um and DG have started to take an upswing in that in that department, but Donovan is perfectly capable of doing that himself. As you see this comment down here about missing Larry marketing in a Cavs jersey. Um I mean, one of the things that we were saying when that trade first went down is that, you know, Lowry might have been and still might be the most missed part of that trade, not um uh, not Ochai, just because of the spacing that he provided. And while I do not feel the spacing uh, was a huge issue tonight, as the Cavs did knock down a bevy of threes, um, tonight to me was all about toughness and all about the refs really fucking us And not and and having a lot of calls just kind of not going our way. I mean, when you really look at the fact that, uh, you know, the, the, the Raptors took 32 free throws, just 32 free throws compared to the Cavs, 23. And a lot of those came at the end of the game for the Cavs. So, I mean, just just not a good balance here, not a fair balance, in my opinion. You take
1: away the free throws, the Cavs should have won this game probably by ten points. But and
0: what's worse is they hit they hit seventy two percent of them, but they got just so many attempts that they were able enough to sink they were able to sink enough of them twenty three to to really make up for the lack of accuracy.
1: It also didn't help that uh, Pascal Siakam turned into prime Kevin Garnett. <laughs> <laughs> and was absolutely lethal from all areas of the floor. Pascal Siakam was eviscerating the Cavs defense nonstop this game. He felt like in the first half, like we were just losing or like competing with Pascal Siakam.
0: I mean, yeah, well, okay. Well, well, let's just say this because maybe, we, maybe we're maybe we not giving the Raptors enough credit here because the Raptors are a pretty damn good basketball team, and they they do have a lot of good players over there. Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Fleet, Scotty Barnes. Uh, God, I hate saying this name now. Gary Trent Jr., still pretty solid player. OG and Anobi, you know, they they have a really good roster, just like the Cavs. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the difference here was decided. I I feel legitimately that the difference here is the officiating. Um, and then let me ask you this, man, because I've seen this point kind of creep up a lot on social media. Do you think the Cavs are guilty of not being a tough? Enough at points?
1: Uh, No, I think it's just that the Toronto Raptors, by comparison, can make the Miami Heat look like a bunch of kindergartners. I mean, at the end of the day, the Raptors are always known for their physical defense. That is their bread and butter. They're the lengthy team. Switch a lot. They they only... They only draft a certain type, as every NBA announcer who thinks it's their own original idea will throw out there. It's like people say, like, do you know the Heat have a culture? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just ridiculous. But, yeah, the Raptors are a really tough barometer. So I don't think by comparison the Cavs are a soft team. I think soft teams don't have a, an elite defense for a majority of the season last year
0: don't know if you see that, but DG apparently has a lacerated eyelid. <laughs> Jesus. Ah, that's that's going to require, yeah. I, I don't know if that's a time frame. I'm going to have to look at that. If you guys can provide that to us while we're on the air, I'd love that. But I don't know if that's going to require like a face mask or if he's going to have to take some games to deal with that.
1: Uh Yeah, if you're an uh, optometrist, comment down below and tell me how, what the timetable
0: usually looks like for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd love to know. That's brutal. Um, assuming that let's, let's look at this two ways here. Let's first start off with the bad. If DG is to miss some time, who is your starting five? Uh, <laughs> I've been, it's going to probably be
1: uh Karis Levert, Donovan Mitchell, Dean Wade, and then uh, Mobley Allen.
0: Okay. Alrighty. And who's your first three off the bench?
1: Uh, I would be, Kevin, uh Jetty Lamar.
0: So we not even playing Isaac, damn. <laughs> uh no, yeah, Isaac for Lamar. i, I swap those two. Okay, all right. All right, yeah, there's there's a lot of minutes that can be staggered there. I definitely understand that, but I want some Rolo minutes, goddamn. <laughs> I want to like, see Diakite minutes, man. Like, okay, uh, I well, let's just up. get realistic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so playing Mabadi Diakite isn't realistic compared to Rollo? No, <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. I just in a lineup like that, if DG is to miss some time, um. That does not make me feel the greatest out here. Can they, are the Cavs going to be capable of winning games? Obviously, and it's Donovan fucking Mitchell that he, that you have in that that starting unit. That's Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. These are these are some star players. But when you look at the the, the upcoming games here, you got Chicago on Saturday. Uh, Chicago, to my knowledge, is going to be without Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball, who you know st- still remains out. So um, that is a winnable game, but. I think there is sort of something to be said here about how the team is going to need to kind of conduct themselves a little bit differently here. You're you you're already losing a huge chunk of spacing without having DG out here, uh, but th- I think the play style might have to change a little bit, or you might have to get uh, some some um, contributions from guys who you would not normally expect. Just my. Uh, just my two cents on it, but
1: oh, no, I uh sorry. I got distracted. I <laughs> to take a stroll down eyelid laceration timeline and uh, I am uh, I don't know how to say this uh, depressed. <laughs> it says it can uh, heal quickly and completely disappear within six months.
0: Okay, so according to um, some of these reports on here, Tim Bowtemp's just tweeted out, Cavs coach J.B. Bickerstaff says Darius Garland has a laceration under his left eyelid that caused some bleeding but didn't have an update on how long he may be out. Sounds like, Darius Garland, there's a real threat here that DG might miss a few games.
1: Okay, well, you know, (laughs) everyone deserves a break sometimes. (laughs) Darius could take his to start the year.
0: That's a... definitely definitely brutal but um, Darius you know. play with an eye patch <laughs>
1: it's halloween it would kind of blend in
0: it would i mean we're getting closer and closer here i mean the, you look at the caps slate here you have like i said chicago on saturday you have washington on sunday orlando
1: okay um, okay this is
0: a winnable stretch for us but, yeah and then you, you then you head into some tougher games here with boston uh, uh, new york and boston again i'm going to one of those so i hope you show up Darius <laughs> Uh hopefully he's not out too long, but uh you 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 definitely are gonna need to get some production out of guys you wouldn't expect. Twelve minutes for Isaac is just not gonna not gonna do it for you if you're gonna be without DG. So there is um so JB is gonna have to figure some of these rotations out quickly.
1: We need Dylan Windler to heal that ankle real fast, or things are gonna go south rapidly.
0: (laughs) Dylan Windler is the make or break guy, right? (laughs) He's the glue that keeps the team together. He's going to decide the calf season. I've been saying that for weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now is your time to, to
1: gloat. Uh, pass. <laughs> I'll wait until he actually steps on the floor
0: before I make those types of accusations and predictions. Oh man. Just, just not the way you wanted to start this season. 108 to 105 loss. Um, but you know, we move this, it is not the end of the world. It's just game one, although Toronto fans are probably going to be letting some of us have it on uh, Cap's Twitter. <laughs> Yo, why don't you tell me how good Scotty Barnes is because he looked all right. <laughs> he had a pretty rough preseason. Scotty Barnes tonight, 15 points, three rebounds, seven assists, seven to 14 from the field and two steals and a block. So, you know, he's just one of those guys who can fill up the stat sheet.
1: Not everyone can be uh, Evan Mobley, who
0: looks absolutely yoked, by the
1: way, might I add. He does. I- Kid I looks
0: ripped. <laughs> he-, he definitely has been in the weight room. That much is true. We definitely need to see more out of him, though. Zero, zero, zero stat line put up by Isaac Okoro.
1: <laughs> well, in 12 minutes, you know, kind of hard, except got to admit, Isaac, I did just give you an excuse, but that air ball at the end of the first was a tough scene. That was his only shot attempt. Yeah, well, I could see why it was his last.
0: Literally, <laughs> so. literally his only shot at tip. Like that. So that is obviously not going to cut it for a rotation that might be without DG. So, JB, figure it out. To be fair, Jetty
1: like had a ton of those types of shots i mean there was the one that bounced on the rim like twice before jared allen poked it back in and austin carr was like a little kid at like a magic show being like
0: oh how'd he do that (laughs) that's crazy you know what you're gonna get out of jd osman though like that's a that's what pisses you off about him because the motherfucker is just so frustrating when it comes to making these either circus level or very tough shots and misses some easy ones. It's, it's very J.R. Smithian. Like the the guy just I don't know, he has a knack for this.
1: He also has a knack for not understanding how to play defense in the NBA because that guy gets lost half the time on defensive rotations. I mean, the the shot towards the end of the game which was I forget who shot it but Jetty had to like I think harris and Donovan tripped over each other. So then they both fell on the floor. And then you saw Jetty kind of do like the Colin Sexton meme of like going back and forth, back and forth, trying to decide who to go to. Mm-hmm. And he got caught in that awkward situation. But overall, yeah, Jetty's defense uh did not improve during his time in the Euros. Shocker. I know. You would think after eight years, uh
0: you would get it together. Uh, me too, Elijah. <laughs> that, that car broadcaster always irks me. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. We're <laughs> not having
1: some AC slander over here, Elijah. I'm just I'm just saying Austin Carr throws out some great slogans.
0: I'm just playing. I love AC. Like uh, I I genuinely relish each time I hear the dude say, get that weak stuff out of here. I love that, man. Like, I was going through – I put up some Evan Mobley highlights earlier, his blocks, and that's like all you hear for like 10 straight minutes is, get that weak stuff out of here. Get that weak stuff out of here. And it's the way he says it. It's just – it's Without rasp.
1: That classic AC. I've been smoking Marlboro Reds for 20 (laughs) years. Rasp.
0: (laughs) Is that confirmed?
1: Yeah. (laughs) AC. First sources. AC, not a vapor. Put that on a uh (laughs) – Put that on a t shirt. <laughs> Put that
0: in your pipe and smoke it, right? <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, man. Like I said, Cabs return to action on Saturday against the Chicago Bulls, who will be without Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball. So, a very winnable matchup that will be in Chicago. In Isn't Lonzo, the Lonzo Ball Center. out? Yeah, I said without. Oh, I thought you said with Lonzo Ball. I was like, Wait, um, there will be knee procedure was And safe. Lonzo. And that, honestly, you know, as much as I hate to say that, that kind of makes me sad for Lonzo. Because um, oh, I love he, Lonzo. Yeah, he's, he's turned things around, especially in regards to his shot. Um, I mean, the, the, the dude's shot was completely broken when he came into the NBA. No, no disrespect. It was broken, and this man completely repaired it. He's like the antithesis of Markel Fultz. <laughs>
1: like Michael Kidd Gilchrist form him turned normal.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so sad to see Lonzo being out, but it definitely helps the Cavs if they're going to be without DG. And again, they will be without Zach Levine. So that it, that does work in their favor. Um, let me ask you this, man, uh, because I've also seen a lot of people raise this point too during the game. Do you think in order for the Cavs to win these upcoming games, presumably without Darius Garland, that Donovan Mitchell is going to have to score like 30 plus points?
1: No, I think they just have to play basketball the way that the Utah Jazz did in order to succeed because they have the pieces to which if the offense is completely revolving around Donovan Mitchell, it could work. I think that it's just going to have to be Donovan Mitchell's usage is going to spike in this time without Darius. I think what's more interesting is to see what JB decides he wants to do with the lineups with Donovan off the floor. I kind of feel like they should do a miniature version of it where him and Karis are now the ones splitting the reps.
0: <laughs> nope. Donovan's going to have to play all 48. Sorry to disappoint you.
1: No, oh, no, it's cool. I mean, you come with your analysis. I, I'll i <laughs>
0: just step back. I'll just play it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what that looks like. Like, are you going to, because a lot of people initially felt with this roster at full health, that Karis should be the, should be the sixth man, the guy coming off the bench. <laughs> I did, too. Um, you know, you couldn't deny that he had a very good preseason. but um, It's all about just, fit. I still don't think the fit figure. looked it. I think it did to a degree. Like, I think the thought is that, you know, you're not going to overwhelm them with defense with Karras in the lineup. So you're going to have to make up for that with a free flowing offense. And we know that as a tertiary playmaker, he can move the ball. He showcased that in the preseason.
1: I just, I I feel like Harris's strength is obviously his scoring. I mean, for I, sure. if you look at the stats, he's not like a super efficient scorer, mm-hmm. but he's willing to take shots that only Jetty Osmond is really willing to match in that sense off of our bench. I mean, Kevin Love will take shots, but let's be honest. Kevin Love doesn't is like allergic to shooting if It's out inside the three point line. He'll just, except for he did have some uh, inside game today, which was my unofficial player of the match kevin love
0: if it's one thing you know kevin love is capable of and what kevin love is going to do he's going to make a guy take a leap off of that pump there's a bird (laughs) another classic ac call (laughs) he got him a bird he's like that's Uh, three
1: birds today
0: (laughs) if we know one thing about kevin love is it that's it we know he's going to be able to continuously get guys on that pump fake
1: yeah, news flash to Cavs fans out there. Kevin Love
0: is the same exact player from last year,
1: which is a great sign.
0: When they teach that, they should just show clips of Kevin Love. When you when you teach that pump fake from beyond the three-point line, you're trying to get guys to bite on that, just show Kevin Love montage.
1: And outlet passes.
0: Because that's yes, yes. that's West Kevin Wilson Love's. Kevin Love.
1: Kevin Love, mechanic
0: aficionado,
1: to say the least.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't know. There's there's just so much here to sort out, and not enough time to do so. It's not our job to do that. JB gets paid the big bucks, but I I think this does kind of put JB in kind of a predicament because people are already saying, "Well, JB a shit coach," which I I, I don't <laughs> get that. Like like saying. <laughs> people were already questioning his rotations i get that but when you're like in in the spur of the moment it's not like it's not like jb has the full health and this you can put this on last season too it's not like he's had fully healthy rosters 90 plus percent of the time and he's just bumbling the rotations usually when these things happen or when he's making like an on the fly adjustment to the rotation it's because he's because of an injury He's literally had to. And then DG, one of your stars, goes out. I mean, the rotations are not going to be as solid as you would like them to on game one, on opening night. So I really think this puts him in a bad spot early on because he's going to have to figure out what works best even more so now than they already were already trying to figure out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm tired of JB slander. If you think JB's a bad coach, then I'm sorry. I don't think he really... No basketball at this point, because <laughs> J.B. did a, an amazing job with the uh, roster last year, making it even stay afloat for as many injuries as it endured. I think, obviously, defensively, he's a great coach. And all mm-hmm. I've ever said about J.B. as I guess a criticism is he should bring an offensive assistant in, which with Luke Walton, that's what you're going to have. And I think it's good. It's just You have to be creative in the NBA for an offense to work. If your offense is just so transparent that everyone in the league is going to understand it, then it's never going to work out. And it's hard to figure out how you creative to be with an offense when all of your offensive players get injured. I mean, last year it was Colin. It was Ricky. It was Darius at times. It was Evan at times. It was Jared Allen at times. And now we just lost our best overall offensive player in game one. And if people sit back after five games and the Cavs are like two and three, they're like, man, this roster is so underachieving. JB should be fired. It's like, yeah, you know, if I, I think if the uh, I don't know if the Grizzlies lost John. Mar- OK, when the Grizzlies lost John Morant. they actually did pretty well. So that's a bad example.
0: <laughs> but uh, you you know what I mean? That's like, yeah. just unfair. They were uniquely built. The Grizzlies were uniquely built to withstand that to a degree. I think the Cavs are too, uh, to a certain degree. I think you're just going to have to get creative on how you do it. Um, JB has, has shown capable of getting the most out of this roster. Uh, you know, in the past, I think that's no different now. Is he perfect? No, no coach is. Can he work, has a little work to do in the rotation? Sure. There's, there are definitely gripes with his coaching style, but at the end of the day, he, he is getting the job done you have to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. And this, this season should be just fine. But to circle to this question here, should Jarrett get more touches till DG gets back in your opinion? Um, I think so. But I think it's all a matter of how you do that. Because I think that the, uh, Donovan Mitchell is perfectly capable of operating the pick and roll. Um, what does that look like? You know, Are you trying to get Jarrett more touches as a lob threat? Are you trying to get Jarrett to operate it out of the post? What I would like to see is Evan Mobley. Um, operating a little bit more with the ball in his hands. What about you, Corey?
1: Yeah, I felt like Evan Mobley's uh, touch this game looked a little off at points. I feel like he had, but that's also because of the Raptors just being a super defensive oriented team. I feel like everyone who Evan Mobley was matched up with could handle his dribble and his size, which is no indictment of Evan Mobley. It's more of praise for the Raptors roster that they're built like to withstand seven footers coming at them with a handle. But, um, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I want more of Evan Mobley being a connective tissue type of player offensively. I also feel like Jared Allen should, will get more touches. I think he'll – I think Jared Allen every night could easily score 15. I would be surprised if he scores less than that, honestly. I think what we saw today is more of a reminder of how he was last year before the injury versus, I think, what people were remembering from the uh, Hawks game. So uh, Jared Allen will definitely be more involved to answer Elijah's question, um, but it might not necessarily be in the way that it's going to be straight up points. Like maybe Jared Allen just will be more of a focal point for defenses to need to focus on.
0: Yeah. Um, we really just don't know what we're looking at, at this point just yet, because there are some pieces that are trying to get integrated, namely Donovan Mitchell um, and Donovan. You know, appeared to pick up right where he left off with Utah last season. Um, Doesn't look like fit is a concern here. It hasn't looked like that all preseason between him and Darius Garland. Uh, But, you know, time will tell. There's just some things that we're going to have to see that one game's worth of tape is not going to show us, not going to clarify for us. So with that being said. You know, like we always tell you guys, if you like to reach out to us, you can at itscavalier_pod underscore pod on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and more. If you'd like to be added to the ItsCavalier Discord chat, you know what to do. Leave a rating, leave a review, send a screenshot of said review to itscavalier53 at gmail.com, and we'll send you an invite. That said, we look, more. We look forward to the Cavs taking on Chicago on Saturday. Hopefully they can pull out a W, but uh, we're going to have to see what happens with DG.
1: Yes, we will. Prayers up to the pirate.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Go Cavs. Have a good night. Go Cavs.